Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Prepare to get rid of the familiar. Prepare to leave the familiar. You know, I, I guess maybe you're like me. Sometimes you get kind of used to routine. Get used to seeing the same things over and over again. You get used to seeing your lives in the same sort of paradigm and frame which you've always seen it. But God was telling me today to get ready to get rid of the familiar. Wow. And he's saying that a lot can happen in a day. Any day that you hear from God, any day that you access his presence, any day that you allow him to reach into your life, that is a day where anything can happen. I encourage you, when you're you're in this place, don't leave without something. Don't leave empty-handed. Don't leave the same way you came in, because that way you will get rid of the familiar. The chains that have bound you, the the scenarios and circumstances that you're so used to, you'll be able to get rid of them when you let go go of the familiar and grab hold of what God has got for you today. And uh, we're talking about the presence of God, and and Pastor Kevin spoke about accessing his presence and full access. And uh, I would encourage you, if you weren't here, to go and listen um, to that message as well. But honestly, don't take my word for it. Hear the message for yourself. You know, I've been in prayer in the last few days and um, God's been really impressing this upon my heart that he doesn't want a church with second-hand revelation. He doesn't want a church with second-hand revelation. And it's like, he doesn't want us to be all like the sons of Sceva. If you don't know who they are, they're not a rock band. (laughs) Um, You can read about them in Acts 19. And they're they're a group of people who thought they can do the mighty works of God without personally knowing God. And what happened was they tried to cast out a demon. And they said said to the demon, you know, um, we adjure you by the name of the Lord Jesus, whom Paul preaches, for you to be gone. And then the demon comes back with something quite interesting. He says, Jesus I know. Paul I know about, but who are you? And then what proceeds to happen is they were the the receiving end of a one-sided whooping, which saw them leaving naked and wounded. You know, if if you're leaving a fight, and the only way you can leave a fight is alive with your life, naked and wounded, you know you lost that fight. (laughs) But God has called us to be above only and not beneath. The head and not the tail. So, the revelation of our lives that's available for us is actually the keys to victory. So this morning we spoke about entering his presence or accessing his presence with boldness. This evening we're going to talk about walking in his presence. It says this in Ephesians 16. Um, We're going to put it up in the New King James, but I'm going to read it from the the Amplified or Exploded Version. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory... To be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. Which, and then it says in square brackets, indwelling your innermost being and personality. So we're to walk in that presence. Walk in the presence of God. And this scripture I've got for, I'm going to stay around Galatians 5. So if you have a Bible or you're taking notes or whatever, just, just put that in there. And I'm going to come back here again. 
Um, I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to get into um, this message. So it says this in verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. You're not under any oppression, not under any set of rules or restrictions. In verse 25, it says this, if we live in the spirit, let's also walk in the spirit. Now, the thing about walking is, like, you're, you're any, anything you do in your life, any progression you do. In fact, I can summarize all what you've been through to this point by what you're influenced by and what you've committed to. These two things determine our walk. What our motivations are. What do we give ourselves to on a, on a daily basis? What do we give our thoughts to? Who's, who's driving the motivations of our hearts? Or what is driving the motivations of our hearts? And what are we committed to following through on? Now speaking of commitment, I uh, will be celebrating two years of marriage in August this year. So one could say I'm seasoned. <laughs> So I'm going to be celebrating marriage, right? And for the, for the guys who may understand this, understand this concept I'm going to share with you, there's this concept of husband points. Now, husband points, I didn't actually fully know this until one time uh, Heidi came back from a women's conference and there seems to be this unwritten rule that when there's no men in the room, the girls get together and talk about their husbands. Isn't that true? Lying in church, come on, it's true. So then Heidi was saying, um, she, she came back with this report, a good report she brought me, and saying, oh, they, like, the, the other husbands don't do the things you do. And I'm just like, yes! I'm like, this is awesome. And then, and then I got these husband points. Now, let me say what husband points are. Husband points are not being cute, because cute fades over time. You can look at pictures when you first started going out and look at you now, and then back here, it's like, oh, baby, you're so fan, come over here, and then over here, now it's like, you need to go to the gym, you look like a futon, so, so, so cute fades out, so it's a bit more than being cute. Things like doing the, um, doing the dishes, things like taking the bins out, basically you have to be Mr. Muscle, loving the jobs she hates, so you, so you um, so you, you do all these things, buying flowers, occasionally cooking dinner, you know, putting the kids to bed, all these things, and these add up to husband points, but then I find a bit of a dilemma. It's when you've built up these points, and then you want to try and withdraw from your account. <laughs> it's a bit awkward. Um, I, I didn't know this, and um, not so long ago, I... Um, you know, it was, a, it was a really nice day, and I had a day off, and one thing I'm thinking of is, yes, golf! I want to play golf. I want to go and, you know, disengage from everything, you know, because, you know, I'm a musician and I'm speaking and all these sort of things. You know, it's not easy. I need to get away. But then how do you be like, but, oh, we haven't had a day off in a while. And I'm at the awkward moment. It's just like, um, should, I, should I try and use my points here? I mean, I mean, I was in good rapport yesterday. Now what's going on? You know, like, and for some reason, when I want to use these points, the stock market just crashes and now they're of no value. 
But the thing is, why it doesn't work, why it doesn't re- work to redeem points like that is because when I want to redeem my points, it's based on my need for convenience. See, the problem with our walks is that sometimes there's a need for convenience. So that's what really affects our walk. And walking in the presence of God is not about convenience. Galatians 5 talks about this, and um, the context of Galatians is um, Paul is writing to a group of churches in the Galatia area, which is modern-day Turkey, and um, they they received the gospel of grace, they received the good news of the gospel that Paul preached um, under inspiration of God, and then then he disperses to look after other churches he oversees, then people come in after him, known as the Judaizers. So basically, they, what they did was they enforced the, all the laws like um, dietary requirements and circumcision, which is just a hard sale in any kind of account. But they were promoting these things and trying to make the people that didn't grow up as Jews to act like Jews. And Jesus was, sorry, not Jesus, um, Paul was quite heartbroken when he heard this. You know, there's peace. you preach the gospel of grace, which is that by grace we have been saved. So it's not about what we work to earn. It's actually about what we receive from him. And then now he's coming back to a culture where they're like, well, I've, I'm better than you because I eat these things. Or, you know, I've, I've been circumcised. And it's just like, that is just weird. And it's not the gospel of grace. So Paul writes this and he says to them, and I don't have it here, but um, I'll just say it. In Galatians 5 and 7. He says to them. He says. Who was it that hindered you? You ran so well. Who stopped you from obeying this truth? And he said. This hindrance doesn't come from him. Who called you. See him who calls us. Is God. But he's not calling us. By his convenience. See our convenience. Is really motivated by our flesh nature is what scripture says the flesh nature but to better understand it in our everyday it's really our need for convenience it's really like you know what's what's good for me right now what's what's handy for me right now and and paul demonstrates or rather he walks them through this process what happens when they walk in convenience and i'm going to read in galatians 5 and verse 19 i'm going to do it in the message version here um, just to give us a bit of more of a clear perspective of it. And since this in 5 and 19, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on, but I think we've got the point here. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. That sounds kind of harsh. You won't inherit God's kingdom if you have a selfish thought. The thing is, the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of convenience. There's a little bit more to it than that. 
it actually says later on that if you walk, if you think this way, you'll actually enter into corruption. And what corruption is, it's like um, back when it was written here, it's uh, actually an agricultural term in that what you've planted and what you've sown, when it's come to harvest, it's, it's spoiled, it's not good, it's, it's, it's a bit rough, it's, it's, not, it's not good for what you want it to be. Nobody can eat it, so it's just, it's not even good for kindling, it's just chucked aside. But in the tech world, I describe it like this. It's like if you have like a music file, an MP3 file, um, JPEG or picture file, anything like that, and it worked one day, but now you're trying to load it and, and it comes up with this error message that says data file corrupted. Has anyone ever seen that? <coughs> the most annoying thing. Data file corrupted. But the thing is, you see the extension, you know it's an MP3, you know it's an MP4, you know it's a JPEG, but you can't read it because it's not recognized for its original purpose. When you walk to suit your comfort, to suit your um, convenience, you walk in a way which you will end up in a way that you do not recognize the purpose for which you're living. Galatians 6 says this, It says here, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. I'm going to pause there. The thing is, with the seeds that we sow, or the things that we do, the thing is, it's, it's subtle. It's not glaringly obvious all the time. It's subtle. It's What happens is, a thought can come into you. Your mind, that thought has lingered on, develops into an attitude. This attitude then affects your language, whether you have a conversation in your head or whether you speak this out loud. This language then affects your behavior. Then all this together affects the culture in which you live your life. Culture is not about what happens to you. It's about what happens in you and gets produced through you. We all produce cultures by what's going on inside. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. It's out of our heart. So corruption can be quite subtle. That's why Paul says that I take every thought captive in, in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, And he says this to take every thought captive and teach it to obey Christ. Every thought, because he knows the power of a seed. The seed of convenience. Luckily, that verse doesn't end there. I'll read the rest. It says this. So, for he who sows to the flesh will reap corruption. But, everyone say but. You rude people. (laughs) But, he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. We've got to know the source if we want to sow to the right place. We've got to know where it's coming from. Well, of the Spirit. Now, how, does, how do we sow to the Spirit? How do we sow to this life? Yeah. Well, I can tell you it's not to your convenience. Mm. Yeah. Sown from a different source. Remember what I said. This is going to be like the thread that's going to hold this all together. Your walk is determined by what you're influenced by and what you're committed to. 
Everything in your life is that's the summation of everything you've got to this point. Whether it's you know whether it's a job, a career, a family, whether it's um, just a thought or an attitude, it's because it's been sown into, it's driven you, and you've committed to it. That's where it's brought you. That's what's brought you here, and you inherit the kingdom of God by being led by His Spirit. It's a spiritual birth. The Galatian church, or the Galatian churches, missed this. And they thought they were perfected by what they did. In other words, their need for convenience. Because if I've earned it, that means I can rejoice in it. I've got bragging rights, you know. Because I've done this. But Paul's saying that that is not the gospel. And if you live that way, you won't inherit what God wants to actually give you. To be led by the Spirit is to hear what he's saying to you, and to walk in commitment to the path he's leading you on. That's what happens when we're led. Anytime we are led, we're actually influenced and like, oh, I like the sound of that. And when we commit to the path, we get closer to what, they're, what that is drawing us to. So if, we're, if we want to be a good footballer, we see somebody like uh, Lionel Messi, and we see the way he plays, and you think, oh, that's, that's, really, that's really good. I really like what he does there. So I'm going to walk on this path, and then they'll get more like Lionel Messi because they're influenced by him, and they're committing themselves to playing like him. That's how it works in our lives. The kingdom of God is not one of corruption. It's one of restored community. It's one of restored relationship. It's actually one of perfection, which is why if you live according to ways that aren't, aren't, are taking relationships and things out of the culture of Christ, then it's not of Christ. Romans 8 and 14 says this. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now the vehicle to the kingdom of God is living step by step by the power of his spirit. Now you don't go to the gym to work on your spirit level. It's not about that. You work in step with God. And when, years ago when I was um, learning about you know, being obedient to the voice of God and hearing the voice of God and, and being obedient in that sense, I would get an impression and then I would kind of think, oh, should I do that? Mm, I don't know. And then I did it and then after a while I look back and I see the benefits of walking with God. And, and when you hear about the presence of God and, and walking with the Spirit of God, it kind of sounds like, you know, it's like, you know, I did that and everything is fine and I didn't trip or, or like fall over or anything like that. But in reality, because of our natures, because of our stubbornness, being led by God is more like this. That's more what walking in the presence of God is. The difference is how what also drives you is the conviction. That also marks what is different about walking with God. Conviction. There's a point where you hear what God is telling you. You see where he's showing you. And it's like a point of conviction where you are convinced that that is the right way to go. Like I was saying before, don't take my word for it. It's kind of awkward for a preacher to say, don't take my word for it. But more importantly, to see it for yourself. 
I've said this time and time again. The most powerful sermons you will ever hear are the ones you preach to your own soul. The revelation you get for your own lives. It's not just for me or the worship team or anything. It is for you for your everyday lives. To be led by the Spirit of God. To walk with the Spirit of God. That is available for all of us to get access to, but not just to access, because we can access God in a moment. We can be here in the songs and praise and, and sing and listen to a good message, but what happens when you leave here tomorrow? What happens when you, that meeting comes around on Wednesday? What happens when you've got a difficult meal with family on Thursday? That's where the conviction of God leads you. That's where the conviction of God actually sees you being fruitful in wherever you go. And the kingdom of God is not one where we just come to church. It's actually where we take our presence, where we take God to our world. We, we create a culture of peace. That's why it says in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who are, who, go, who are peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. They actually have the mission of making peace in their lives. And that's what we are called to do when we walk in his presence. When we walk in his presence, we walk in victory. When we walk in his presence, we walk in the goodness and we walk in fruitfulness and we walk in faithful relationship. It's a faithful relationship. Walking in his presence is continual, faithful relationship which leads to fruitfulness. It's the relationship that leads to fruitfulness. It's not, I popped out a prayer, so can I get a healing now, please? It's continual relationship, which leads to fruitfulness. How is fruitfulness seen? You don't watch a tree to see when it's going to drop an apple. But after time of sowing, of watering, fruit. So, oh, you know, it's almost like surprise, but, you know, it's not a surprise because you've sown, you've watered, and the result is, it's going to be fruitful. We've heard it again already tonight, but I'm going to read it again. John 14, sorry, John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Continuous, intimate relationship is the source of our seed that leads to fruitfulness. In verse 5 it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So what is this fruit? What do we produce instead of seeking out for our own convenience? What do we produce? We produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22. It's going to go up in the New King James, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified gives it a bit more um, description. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the, which is not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law or standard. Or restrictions. So our lives are called to be fruitful. And I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. Fruitful is tough. 
Because fruitful involves time between the sowing and the harvest. Unfortunately, there's a time to wait. In the current season I'm in, I've been doing a lot of waiting. But I've been given comfort because I remember about uh, spring last year, God was showing me a picture of what my next season of life is going to be, look like. But I didn't see the struggle of the season. I just saw the season. And I, I, and I said, like, I was, I was between working and then doing everything you see here. And I was just like, God, how much longer am I going to have to go between working here and doing this and, the, and doing this? It's like, how much am I going to, you know, be in this environment? And then when the, when the oil, like, affected my work and, I survived one round of redundancies. God told me, and he said, that this is, is fine because this is an idol that's being torn down. But if you don't worship that God, you'll be okay. So that's one word I've been clinging to. And then when you actually go through the season, it's different from seeing it from afar when you go through it. And, you know, I'm playing the waiting game. And a lot of things don't depend on me or necessarily my faith, but the faith of the people who are um, kind of like around me as well. And, and, it's, and, it's kind of, and it's kind of frustrating when you want there to just be a little bit of convenience. You want there to just be some sort of shift that you can break through this environment. And then God just told me to stop praying for a breakthrough. That sounds quite heretical to some people, right? Because we hear breakthrough every second prayer sometimes. But... But the thing is, in your life, if you think about it, you don't break through, you grow through. You grow through. The things that you face today, you'll be bigger than tomorrow because when you're rooted, you will grow and you will grow past all those restrictions. You'll grow past those pains. And when we're in Christ, that's when we grow. Now, walking in the presence of God is not about necessarily coming to church or putting your hands up in the, in the, in the praise. It's, it's in the quiet, it's in the still, it's in the everyday and the things that we think are mundane and the, and the areas and arenas we think are just like they're just completely pointless. We can say they're neutral ground. They don't have anything to do with God or anything. That's where the walking with God comes into play. David said this in Psalm 23. He said, that, he said that God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. The truth is that when we walk this life and God calls you into certain areas or God speaks to you, there will be enemies that you don't even expect sometimes. But he's saying, I prepare a table for you. This table is relationship. This table is fellowship. This table is sustenance for wherever you are. And he had a confidence in his presence of God. It wasn't because he was doing anything that deserved God's attention. He was saying, no, I'm actually with my God. My protection is in my shepherd. I am loved by God. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. It's about the shepherd. It's about walking with him it's about enjoying his presence about enjoying the fruitfulness that comes from a faithful relationship with him it's all about relationship and in this season of life I really begin to be so secure in my relationship with God fancy that when things fall apart when things you don't quite understand things are a bit like Greek and we're speaking Mandarin right we don't quite understand them. 
But then it's like, I'm secure because it's not in my strength. It's not in what I work out. It's in what God graces me with. By the grace of God. Because we're his kids. And let me tell you, he looks after his own. He looks after his own. It says this in... um, in Romans 15, verse 7, sorry, 8 to 15 to 17, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, a term of endearment that you only use if you have a personal, close relationship. Abba, Father, Daddy, God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we be also glorified together. I don't know what that looks like in your life. But I can tell you from my life, that walking with God is not about me worshipping at an altar of convenience. But it's actually found in the middle of our conviction. Those little nudges like um, Pastor Cheryl was saying this morning. It's the, sometimes it's the first voice you hear. It's like, oh, what was that? Is that God? And then we kind of think, oh, no, no, maybe it wasn't God. But let me tell you, in psychology, this is how they say ruts are formed. It's when a path is continually walked down in the mind that the, the body just gets so used and habituated to walking that path. And it becomes so easy. It's like you've... And you've had that flexibility and you know it's just the default. You just easily just fall in because gravity will take you there. But can I encourage you to make a new rut? Make a new pathway. It's a pathway of grace. It's a pathway of walking in your new identity. It's a pathway of walking in his presence. Because in his presence, we have freedom from enemies. We have salvation from anything we're going on around. And this, and this, inv- this involves eternal salvation, but there's even something better than that. There's, it's not like pie in the sky when you die. There's power on this earth, stake in the plate while you wait. You can be here with power and strength. You have to look to the heavens and say, oh, when, whenever I get there, that's when my life will be complete. You actually have the authority to make heaven a reality on earth. The kingdom of God is the king, known as also the kingdom of heaven. And, and, he says, and Jesus says to Peter, he said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, that for man has not revealed my identity to you, but my Father in heaven. And he tells him that whatever you bind on earth, you'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven. What's he saying? He's saying that I've given you authority that's based on your relationship with me. Your relationship gets you access. And when you walk in relationship, you walk in intimacy. And I'm going to close with this. Galatians 6 and 9 says that, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we do not lose heart because when we sow, we're trusting that is going to come to fruition. The problem is, what's under the soil is not according to our convenience. We want it right now. That's why we can go back and look at those things and, it's, and uh, live in the ways of convenience because it's immediate gratification. 
it's immediate. It's easy to have a bad temper because you're justified to have a bad temper. Why did they say those things to you? Why did they do those things to you? So you have the right to say something about it because how dare they not give you the honor you're due? It's easy. But no. What happens is when we trust in Jesus, when we walk in his presence, we actually produce something that goes beyond circumstance. It says that we produce something by the fruit of the Spirit. We produce love. When people are talking behind your back, you know, I've met many people that have had something to say about me before I've even met the person. What do you say in that situation? You just love the people. I know the sources and and it's and it's funny sometimes, but like you just you want to react, but then you just love. You're like, why should I love? You have joy. When everything's crashing around you, you can have joy. It's not convenient to have joy in a struggle, but you can have joy. You can have peace. You can have patience. Patience is a word for me. I don't like waiting. It doesn't suit my personality well at all. Waiting, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Now, we all have things that we're waiting for. Some of us aren't going to be in Aberdeen for long. Some of us have got here and we're waiting for opportunities while we're here. But can I tell you that these opportunities are not found at convenience, but they're actually at the other end of your conviction. What I find that happens in the wait is that you're prepared for it when it comes. For me, I learned this a while ago that more waiting time is more preparation time. More preparation time means when it does come, I'm ready for it and it won't overwhelm me, but I'll actually, it'll be like people will say, why didn't it happen sooner? That's what it's going to be like at the end of the wait, because we're prepared. In the wait, what we do is we walk in His presence. It's His presence in you that will make the difference wherever you are. And I've said this before, but when we, we all have different walks here, but when you walk in the presence of God, we actually do different things, but with the same outcome. I'll read it again in that verse in Romans uh, 8, 17. It says, the Spirit, oh, sorry, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that here it is, we may be also glorified together. When you live in the presence of God, everything you do brings glory to him. You can be a caterer and still display God. You can be a boxer and still display God. Whatever walk you're in, you can walk with the presence of God. How do you walk with the presence of God? You let him influence you. You listen to him. And you commit your ways to him. And you walk. And you walk. You know what happens when you keep walking? You pick up momentum. Some of us stop walking because we haven't accessed that slipstream of momentum. But God's saying, just walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do this. 
You'll find that what you do is a bit unforced. You'll find that what you do is easy. It's easier than you trying to do it in your own strength because you can't. It's like me trying to lift this building with my arms. Now I've heard I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. We're using wrong mechanics. What gets you through this life, this battle, this, 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 this atmosphere that we sometimes need to shift around us is this walk of faith that we can only break by using the right weapons. It's weapons of the Spirit. It's walking with the presence of God. Like David was saying, I, think, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Death can't touch me because he walks in God's presence. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.